You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 228. Well, hey there, impact driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard. The project economy is booming. As more companies execute strategies through projects than through operations, this makes PMOs increasingly critical to achieving an organization's business goals. In this episode, we're going to explore how PMOs can borrow from customer success playbooks to better support their internal customers, like project managers, while connecting the work that's being done to overall business goals, as well as how adopting a customer success mindset, as you know, I'm talking to you about all the time, can help PMOs drive even greater impact. My favorite word. So make sure you grab your notepad and let's dive into a really eye-opening episode about how you can use customer success insights to drive more impact with your PMO. Before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by Planisware. Planisware is a global provider of SaaS solutions that break the boundaries of traditional project portfolio management by connecting people, strategy, finance, application, and products. With over 20 years of experience, Planisware helps organizations take plans from vision to reality and make an impact. Planisware's turnkey solution, Orchestra, helps PMOs drive early to mid-maturity companies to achieve world-class excellence. Planisware Enterprise, an advanced PPM suite, accelerates mature enterprises toward data unification to cohesively and strategically develop their project portfolio. Lead the way, along with over 500 other organizations that trust Planisware. Learn more at planisware.com. That's P-L-A-N-I-S-W-A-R-E dot com. Now with me today to talk about customer success insights, frameworks, and techniques you can use in the PMO and strategy delivery space is Musa Gerby. Musa is the head of customer success at Planisware. He was trained as an engineer then business and technology consultant. And he's now been in the project portfolio management industry for a decade. Musa has always been passionate about identifying problems and finding solutions to those problems, which is music to the executive's ears. And this fits perfectly into his current role where he is constantly looking for ways to deliver additional value to Planisware customers with their customer success group. Musa, thank you so much for being here for this episode. Thank you so much, Laura. And thank you to the whole PMO Strategies team for having me on the podcast. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. Well, we're thrilled to have you here. And I'm really excited about talking about this topic because a lot of PMO people might not realize how important looking at their role as a service-based organization and their role in supporting customers and who those customers really are and how important that is to their success. Exactly. That's actually a fascinating topic. I've been in this industry for quite some time now, and I've known PMOs for a long time. And recently, I took over the customer success group at Planet Square. And it kind of occurred to me as I was diving into customer success in general, 
for product companies like Planisware that there's a lot of similarities, even though a PMO may be dealing with only internal customers, let's call them that way. There's a lot mm-hmm. of similarities, which is what I want to discuss with you today and try and highlight for PMOs to help them out. Yeah, for sure. And that's the thing is I think a lot of people don't realize how important, one, thinking of the people you serve as your customers and how important that is to your success. Because, you know, PMOs aren't supposed to be the process police running around, you know, dropping the hammer down on everybody. They should be in a mode of service, whether you consider yourself a servant leader or not. You are in service to others and your goal and a goal of every PMO is to help the organization drive a higher return on investment for that strategy, whether they are internally facing and looking at the people in the organization as customers or externally facing and focusing on those paying customers that on projects for those clients. But either way, I think this is a really important connection that we need to draw for PMO practitioners. So Thank you again for being here. I'm really excited to dive in. Thanks, Laura. I'm excited as well. Okay, so why don't we start simply with helping people get a little context around a customer success group, what it does, what its goals are. Can we start with the objectives are of a customer success group at a product-based company such as Planisware? Yes, of course. I think that's the right place to start indeed. So the customer success group at any product company like Planisware The goal really is to be the customer advocate, the advocate of all advocates. We call them the voice of the customer within the company. You're representing the interest of the people you serve within all of the organization that you work in. And so you represent those interests in front of product teams, in front of support teams, services, and also management and leadership. With that in mind, these advocates work with customers to build a long-term relationship. They have to make sure that they create this trusting long-term relationship with customers that helps with continuing to developing the right culture internally and also with the branding of the company. It's really important, especially when we talk about enterprise software, which is a bit different from other spaces in software in general. But trust and relationship is really key and makes a big difference. In that case, on top of that, the customer success group really need to focus on what we call value realization and helping improve return investment. What that means is a paying customer has invested in your software, in your product, in your tool, looking to reach an outcome, looking to get to a certain business benefit. And the conversation over time will lead into more expectations around additional business benefits. So that value realization conversation cannot only happen once after acquisition and activation. It needs to be a constant conversation over time as customers will expect to get more and more out of the investment they made into your software. And the last piece I would say, just to give you a full picture, is also to really have this customer success group support, guide, educate customers throughout their journey. They likely are on a transformation journey, comes with a ton of challenges. And so we have to be really empathetic to what they're going through and take them through the journey with the right level of guidance, but also with a very keen ear to be listening to what they're going through. So you just described everything that like key components of what I teach to our mastermind group, which is all PMO and strategy delivery leaders from all over the world. I am actually sitting here saying this is exactly the same kind of thing. So I'm so glad that we grabbed you and got you on this podcast to talk about it because what you're doing is you're giving our PMO people a different lens to think about their role. And you have some really good frameworks and a playbook and things that you're going to walk us through here that I think would be 
fantastic for all of the people listening to understand so they consider the kind of playbook they might need to have for their PMO or strategy delivery team. Mm -hmm. And so I want to talk about a few of those things that really stuck out for me. You were talking about value realization and value is in the eye of the beholder, right? And so understanding what your stakeholders, aka your customers, believe to be valuable and really taking the time to not just, okay, this is what success looks like on the project, which by the way, all of you listening is not just on time, on scope, on budget. It's actual value realization, which means what is the outcome and the impact you're driving beyond the deliverables and outputs, but it's unique to the person. And that weaves into the second thing you were talking about. I was having a coaching session, an executive coaching session today with somebody, and I was talking about no matter how much value you want to create for the organization, you're going to get there a lot faster if you really take advantage of relationships and yes. really understand the people they're with them, what's in it for them, and what they consider valuable, right? So it's not just, well, we have this one metric and you know ROI, and so that's what's valuable. Well, people all have their own independent perspective on value. And so being able to understand the individual players and build strong, trusting relationships with them helps you to uncover and unlock more than just the metrics of the project or the deliverables or the products you're creating, but what it means to people. That value conversation is much deeper than the numbers. It's about meaning and many times emotion for people. But if you don't take time to build those relationships, those trusted partnerships, you'll miss all that. And then what happens to most PMO people and project people is that they're so focused on getting to those results that they've completely left all the people behind that they need to achieve those results. So I love this customer first approach and being the advocate for your customer. So I think that's a really big deal. And you used really important words, support, guide, and educate. Mm -hmm. So I think that that really, those are the kind of the themes that I think are really important for PMO people to be looking for and listening for in this episode. So if you were multitasking, come back to me now because you need to get your notepad out and start writing some of this stuff down because I think Moose's got, we're just getting started. Gonna share with us here that you may wanna consider incorporating into your customer success playbook. So can we talk a little bit about what a customer success playbook entails in terms of things you do or create or how you serve? Yes, of course. And by the way, there's a lot of resources that can be found online where you can tailor to your needs, that type of playbook. But again, it all comes down to value realization. Customer success really goes hand in hand with software as a service. So here we're drawing the parallel. But what I mean by this is, even though software as a service is not that old, we're now at a stage where there are great resources all over the place to really help with that conversation around long-term value realization. And as you mentioned, there's tremendous parallel to be drawn with what PMOs try to achieve. So when it comes to the playbook that we have here at Planisware, there's a few things that we do. First, we ensure that we have a monthly connect with our IT and business key contacts and champions to really address ongoing operational items. That's the first part. That's really critical. It's very standard, I would say. Then every year we run a survey, and that's where I think PMOs probably already did some of them, but I would really encourage to do that. We do run a survey with the people we serve, but also the sponsors. And we try and gather both perspective because 
you may hear from the people you're trying to enable as a PMO, project managers, resource managers, they're facing day-to-day situations. But you also need to make sure that you have the buy-in of a sponsor on any transformation activity that you're being involved with or pushing for. And that's the same for us from a customer success standpoint. We need to stay connected with sponsors, but we also need to make sure we serve end users, the people that spend time in the software. We assess the satisfaction with that and again, value realization. The next thing we do is, again, it's about relationship. And I think it's, again, very specific to enterprise software, but it expands beyond that. We make sure to have an annual executive meeting. The idea there first is to connect executive to executive you know, on both sides to really show that we care about the journey of the company we're serving and that we're taking their feedback into account in the way we're developing our culture and our products. But beyond that, we try to have something very tangible and easy to conversate around as a framework, which is to discuss business objectives in the form of OKRs, objective key results, and the benefits, the business benefits that come with the investment that they made. I think OKRs is an amazing framework because of how simple it is, but how life-changing this can be for an organization because OKRs can be set at every single level of the organization and can connect to each other and feed it to each other within these different levels. When we do that in our executive meeting, we try to make sure that the initial objectives that our customers have when they make the investment into Planetsquare are met after activation. But we also want to make sure we continue the conversation to say, we understand your business is changing. We want to hear from you. What are your new obstacles, challenges, and what are the benefits that you would like to get out of Planetsware to help you with these new challenges. That's really important as well. We have a few more events that I can talk about as well, but this is the, the gist of it. A few things that can be added is to have some customer groups. So in this case, we could have for a PMO, I would say specialist group or SME groups that get together and really represent the broader scope of the people that a PMO is serving to really get that feedback and prioritize it with them. And also having some highlights through what we call Planetsware Voice of the Customer really highlighting what these project managers and resources managers are going through by doing some communication up, maybe making a little bit of noise internally, maybe some internal PR around what's happening with these key stakeholders, I would say, in the company. I'm just sitting here thinking about how we put something similar to this from a governance and support perspective in place when we go in to organizations and help them like build a PMO or strategy delivery office from the ground up, for example. What I'm hearing is a very supportive and collaborative governance model, really, Mm -hmm. right? But it's not just governance of the projects, it's governance and care and feeding for the entire strategy, the whole strategy life cycle. So because you're talking about the sponsors and the project people, right? Like they both need their care and feeding and attention and support. I like that you emphasize, listen, we don't just get the project people together. We're getting the sponsors together too. So for example, when we go in and work with organizations, we'll often have them. And in the beginning, like it's a lot of meetings. And trust me, I'm allergic to meetings for meetings sake, but there are certain points in the process and certain places in the organization, you need to get people together to communicate, to connect, to share ideas and insights, talk about their challenges and make their voice heard. And that's what I'm hearing from this playbook that you have. Mm -hmm. It's exactly what PMO people need to be doing. So for example, we would potentially put in place a meeting just for project managers. That's only the project managers for them to gripe, complain, and also Mm -hmm. collaborate and share ideas, 
right? And talk about what's working. This is a great opportunity for somebody that has a really good process. Instead of saying, sorry, you're not following ours. How about you say, hey, project manager, so-and-so, you're really successful with this. Would you mind sharing that back to the group so everyone could learn from what you're doing that's working so well, right? But that's at the project manager level. And that might be something that a lot of people would know to do. However, are you also doing a meeting with just the sponsors? That's one thing that we put in place. Just sponsors get together because what a lot of project people forget is that sponsors are not born, they're made. Most people don't know how to be a sponsor until somebody teaches them how to be a sponsor. So the fact that you're giving the sponsors a safe, collaborative, supportive place to come together without project managers around, without project teams around, and really just let them do the same thing. Talk about what's Mm -hmm. working, talk about what's not working, you know, where they're having challenges and give them a chance to talk about the projects they're sponsoring with their peers. I can't tell you the number of times that we've had accidental insights about potential conflicts or opportunities by getting a sponsor group together just to talk to each other. So I think that's a really important point here that I wanted to make sure everyone really takes Mm -hmm. to heart because it's an incredible opportunity. And the sponsor is ultimately accountable for the success of not just the project deliverables, but of the business outcomes. So it's nice to give them a little TLC in addition to, you know, just saying, hey, you're the sponsor. Now go do some things and go make this happen. Give them a little bit of support and intent, a little opportunity to give them a little education along the way about what successful sponsorship looks like. So that was a really big one. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I fully agree with that. I couldn't put it in a better way than you just did. I would say along my career, if I can add one thing is now that I'm in a leadership position, I learned a few things. Managing up goes a long way. So helping sponsor out, they may not always ask for help, but you could actually help them out because you see things differently and maybe you're more in the operational day-to-day. So you can really be their ears and their eyes and so give them important feedback for them to know if they're not going in the right direction or if they are. And then the other key lesson learned for me, again, from my career in general, but from the interactions I have with my customers, don't forget to celebrate achievements when I was talking about doing some PR internally and really helping people see the bigger picture. You do that by celebrating some achievements. Don't take achievement for granted. I did that for a very long time. Yeah. And I learned it the hard way. And now I make sure that those achievements are celebrated and it helps people see the bigger picture. Yes, you have issues today, but look how far we've been and look mm-hmm. at this vision. This is the benefit for you. This is the benefit for the company. And this is the benefit for the people we serve. Oh my gosh. I just had two separate C-suite kind of executive coaching sessions today where I did exactly that. And you know, one of them, the CEO I'd worked with before. And so that was clear. It's like, yep, I totally get this. I totally get that we are on a journey and here's where we are and look at how far we've come. But the challenge is like for PMO people, they might be so busy trying to solve the next fire or the next problem or the next thing that they forget to take advantage of opportunities to let everybody else and themselves see how far they've come because you may not realize as you know PMO person that one you may be moving so fast you haven't taken the time to celebrate but imagine how your exhausted team is feeling right now wouldn't it be great to be able to celebrate and cheer them on and show them we were here and now we're here right and look at what we've accomplished let's take a moment to reflect and look at that and hint hint 
PMO people need to get better at marketing. That's really yes. what marketing is all about, is being able to communicate your value proposition to the organization. It's not selling, it's matching where you are making an impact and how you're making an impact and how you could help somebody make an impact. It's matching need with what you can do, right? And so being able to talk about it in terms of stories and successes can go a long way to doing that marketing for you. And without it feeling like you're pushing or pressuring, it's just taking advantage of the good success you've had to celebrate. So I'm really glad you brought that up because that is definitely a sticking point for a lot of people in general. Listen, we call our audience impact drivers for a reason. They are driving change quickly. And I'm asking all of the impact drivers listening to this right now to take one moment to reflect on how far you've come personally, professionally, and your organization that you've been trying to build, or if you've done it multiple times, take a moment to look how far you've come and then take some time to actually help others take that moment themselves. Exactly. I love where you're going with this because the way I think about it is, I mean, you really nailed it in the way you just described it. For me, a PMO is an agent of change and transformation in the company. And so they really have to help make these changes happen. And as you said, they can do much more than they may think they're able to do by being involved in this change proactively and managing all the change management that comes with that transformation. They can really accelerate these changes, be, as you said, impact drivers, and make it so that the vision again and the execution really connect that people understand what they're participating in. This is excellent. So what I'd like to do now, if it's okay, is get really tangible and practical for all of our impact drivers listening, because we're talking really big picture about customer success, but I'd like the people listening to really think about their project managers and their resource managers as customers and through this customer lens. So my question for you, Musa, is what can PMOs do to help those customers, the project managers, the resource managers, deliver projects more successfully with this customer service and customer success mindset? Yes, it's it's really a critical question that should be at the heart of any customer success group and any PMO does. So I would say first thing is, as we mentioned earlier in our playbook, make sure to survey frequently up and down. So management and project managers and resource managers, people you're serving. And to stay relevant with that, for example, if you do the surveys frequently, you'll be able to catch some trends and see that habits continually change, expectations change when it comes to processes and tools and what management and users are trying to achieve. For example, if I speak for Planisware, we've seen changes over the years. I've been at this company for 10 years. We've seen a change going into less is more, agility over breadth of features, also looking for ways to be more productive, which applies to project managers and resource managers in general that PMO help serve. For example, talking about AI without going into, you know, really the buzzword, but really looking into what that means today for project managers and resource managers. So surveying and listening to that feedback to see where the trends are going. And thanks to that, you can then provide best practices by doing some research, seeing what could be a good fit, and then pushing for these changes. We talked about earlier how PMO can be an agent of change. So that's really critical. And it's a more tangible example, I would say, that I can give. I have a few more. One that for me is really critical in all the roles that I've had and that I try to push for every people I work with. Very important for customer success, very important for PMO. I would say beyond that, but let's stay on topic. It's to be the glue in cross-functional situations. You have to do that. I love that. 
they're going to fall by the side way if no one takes care of them. As a PMO, assume that if no one is taking care of something, you're going to take care of it. And this is going to go a very long way. I can promise you that. And then finally, I would say something else, again, more tangible. Try and meet with management, with sponsors, and with people that represent project managers and resource managers, say, to do continuous prioritization of internal initiatives so that when you're doing continuous improvement for processes, for tools, again, it's about staying relevant to what's happening. A priority last year may not be a priority this year. So make sure that you stay true to what the priorities are for the people you're working with. Well, and I just want to pause on that one because I feel like this needs to be said. If everything is a priority, nothing is a priority. So we also need to make sure that not just reprioritizing, but the fact that we really need to ensure that the organization is prioritizing, period, right? Because, and I think that's how you become the glue. I think that's how you become the trusted advisor. I think that's how you figure out and support the organization as it's trying to evolve. You know, like you said, when your customers, your customers are going through a transformation. Well, that's what the PMO is often driving, whether you call it transformation or not, they are bringing people through change. And you're so right on that not all priorities are static, right? Things change, new information comes in. There's market shifts, there's new demands, there's a new customer that comes on board and we need to shift what we're doing to support them. Priorities do shift. And the PMO that not just survives, thrives is one that can shepherd the process of prioritizing and reprioritizing as necessary to ensure that the organization and the people in it are all meeting their goals. That's the definition of customer success, if you ask me. Exactly. Yeah, that's on point. And that's what I, you know, as I'm thinking about this, that's a really great way for you to really enable people to see themselves as successful. It's like you're providing the guardrails so that the project managers and the resource managers can be successful. And I think a lot of them do feel like they're kind of in it on their own or they're constantly at each other's throats fighting or all of that. If the PMO can be, like you said, the glue, I wrote that down. I really like that. Be the glue because bring all those groups together and create opportunities to work together and do what my friend Mike Hannon calls. He says, you know, when you're having these conversations with groups, whether they're opposing or you know, they have different goals or, you know, seeing the world all through their own individual lens is to use the powerful question, how might we, right? How might we work together to solve this problem? That is very much being the glue for an organization and helping, especially those two groups that are usually at odds because the project manager has their priorities for the staff and then the resource manager, their priorities for that exact same staff, right? So PMO can be an excellent glue to bring everyone together and figure out, well, how do we solve these problems in a way that ensures the most important priorities for the organization are being achieved? So I love that. I love, love, love that. You also mentioned the surveying. And this kind of feeds back to where I'd like to go next, which is just elevating how we think about all of this and what the role is organizationally for the PMO. But surveying frequently is a really important part of the framework that you were talking about. And I'm a huge believer in that. When we take people through our impact engine system, we have them go through what we call iterating your way to impact, which means you go through cycles of value delivery, right? And so 
of course, your first time through, you're doing all this assessment work to hear about the pain points and the challenges of all of your customers, right? Your stakeholders, business leaders, et cetera. And you're also at the end of releasing some, we teach them to do quarterly cycles of value delivery. At the end of each cycle, you need to evaluate where you are and then evolve your approach and your services and your support for the organization based on what you've learned in that cycle. That's an excellent opportunity for a survey, but it's surveying the organization, asking good questions, evaluating, assessing, building those strong relationships we were talking about so that you can learn where the next opportunities are for the PMO to provide even more value. I know that's baked into what Musa and your organization constantly looking at where the next opportunities are to provide even more value to your customers. And I just think that's absolutely spot on with how we want our PMO and strategy delivery people thinking about their role is what's next and becoming what I call becoming the mind reader for the organization. My clients have said to me, it's like, you always know what we're going to need next. I learned that skill from my coaches, always seeming to like provide the next thing I would need on my journey. And I learned to be that mind reader for my clients so that I could anticipate. I know more than they do about where they're headed sometimes, right? So it's important for us to learn how to anticipate what is next for them and then be there ready for it, right? And if you're constantly staying engaged, building those relationships, being that glue, that's a really great opportunity for you to anticipate and then prepare for what the next thing is your customers are going to need. So I have not thought about it that way that you're putting it with your customer success playbook and framework. So this has been super helpful to me. Thank you. Of course. No, thank you. I really appreciate the way you're putting it together as well. I think, yeah, your experience really shines through here in that example. But yeah, if you connect all of that, having the empathy, being a good listener, being the glue, you actually learn a lot more than you would expect just by asking people. As you said, you don't need to have a formal survey, but just talk to people, ask them how they feel, ask them you know, how things are going with regards to projects and, and the initiatives that you're involved with them. And beyond that, you can do more. But just doing that, the first step, I can tell you a lot about what's going on and can help you become that mind reader that you're describing just by listening to people. For sure. So I'd like to raise it up a little. We got very practical with like the people on the ground that are doing the hard work of delivering on the organization strategy. But how about at the top level of the organization? What can a PMO do to help their company achieve their vision? like the overall big picture vision. So more about where the top level executives spend their time and their thinking. What are the kind of things a PMO can do to get that seat at the table and support the organization in achieving their vision? That's a really good question. So it takes a lot of experience, but one thing that anyone can do with or without too much experience is making sure that you're, again, managing up, Mm -hmm. asking questions about where your sponsor think the organization is, the initiative, the transformation that's going on is, and make sure to do the right level of reporting. Put yourself in the shoes of a sponsor. You probably do that as a PMO for your project managers and resource managers, but really force yourself to see what are the incentives of the sponsor and what is it that I understand from what they're going through, and then transform the way you report to them Iterate on that. At some point, you will find out that there is the right way to present certain KPIs, certain information, and things will move way faster. So, and also tie that to showing achievements 
but also staying true to challenges. So overall, what I like to do, which got me a seat at the table in my company uh, as a leader today, is to constantly running assessments that are constructive for the company and present that in a way that executives and sponsors see value because there's actionable items to it. For example, my favorite is to run SWOT analysis. I come from business consulting background, so obviously that's a key methodology there. But running this on a regular basis and really presenting the results with actionable items that sponsors can really tap into is really helpful and gets you quickly a seat at the table when you're able to connect that with what you've understood of the vision of the company and how the objectives were built from that vision. Yes, I love that. You know, we teach our PMO people in the impact engine system to do a SWOT analysis, but not until they've done the important work of assessing the stakeholders, asking good questions, really understanding what keeps the leaders up at night, what are the challenges are of the project managers, et cetera. And then we have them do a SWOT analysis based on that. Because a lot of times what happens is if PMO people do a SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, they'll do it without that input. But what matters is the perception that everyone else has of your role, your organization and what it's doing, not just what you think. So what you might see as strength, others might see as a weakness. So I like to have them do a SWOT analysis with all of that input in mind, because your customers are the ones that are really deciding the value you create for the organization. Exactly. Looking at it through their lens is super important. So I never let them do a SWOT analysis right off the bat, which they all want to do. They're like, oh, okay, here's what we're good at. Here's what we're not. Says you, right? (laughs) Who cares? Customers don't agree, right? So I always have them do it after they've collected all those inputs. And all of this is top of mind for me right now as I've been going through editing the Impact Engine book that we're releasing in 2024 and later in the year. And I've been top of mind trying to figure out how do I make sure it's clear that order matters and collecting those good inputs and building those relationships so you can get the truth from your customers and finding the way to get those surveys and getting that feedback and input heavily weight how you look at what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, what your opportunities are, and what your threats are. Yeah, that's really well put. I totally agree with that. The final thing I could say on this that also helped me personally, ask yourself, especially when you're a PMO, you're, again, an agent of change and transformation, you're a catalyst for change. Ask yourself, do you yourself understand how what you're doing day in, day out serves the vision and are your incentives aligned with the company's incentives, the sponsor incentives? If you're not clear on that, start there. That's what I would say. And make sure to connect with sponsors and really try to figure out that piece first. Once that's clear, it's much easier to execute on the vision if you understand what your role is to help execute that vision and what your incentive should be according to the incentives of the people you work with. For sure. Right. If you don't know what the vision is for the organization, how are you going to get your seat at the table to help your organization deliver on that vision? That makes perfect sense to me. I love it. Wow. This has been so helpful to me and hopefully to all of our impact drivers listening. Musa, thank you so much for sharing these insights about customer success for PMOs and how they can adopt a customer success framework and playbook in their own organization to drive higher impact across the projects. Thank you so much, Laura. It was great. I really enjoyed this and I really want to thank you and the PMO Strategist team. It's really a great partnership and thankful to see everything you're doing for your community. I think you're really pushing the boundaries of what PMOs can do, really helping them. So really appreciate to see this. Yes, I love hearing it. We love being the, you know, the cage rattlers and the boundary pushers in this space because we truly believe that 
there is no more important organization and role and function to help a company deliver on their strategy. That's what PMO is all about. And all of these impact drivers that are in that organization, their job is to help the organization achieve the highest possible return on investment for that strategy as quickly as possible. And every single one of these episodes is about helping organizations do that. Well, Musa, I'm wondering if you could share a little bit about how people can connect with you and find out more about Planisware and all that you offer. Thanks, Laura. Yes, of course. If you want to connect with me, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn, Musa Garvi at Planisware. Should be quite easy to find. And if you want to know more about Planisware and what we do, the solutions we provide to our customers for end-to-end innovation management, you can browse planisware.com. You can go to our LinkedIn page. We have a lot of resources out there. But yes, feel free to reach out, connect with me. And if you want to discuss a bit more about this topic or topics related to where you're going with your PMO and how things are progressing in general at your company, I'd love to connect with the listeners of this podcast. Thank you so much. And there's a reason that Planisware is a partner of PMO Strategies. We are very selective with who we partner with to help our clients and students and customers achieve their big business goals. And it's because you do everything you can. It's because you have a customer success team. You have an organization dedicated to ensuring that customer experience is top-notch from day one till long after the contract is signed and the software is implemented and making sure that you're continuing to grow, support, and evolve with your customers and that they get the care and feeding they need to thrive. So thank you so much for all that you do to serve and support this community and for being an ongoing sponsor of the Impact Summit. That means the world to us. Because of you, we're able to make this fabulous event free for the community. So thank you for being a part of all that you do to serve this community as well. Thank you so much, Laura. All right, Impact Driver, that's it for this episode. I hope you took notes so that you've got some great takeaways and ways that you can build a customer success playbook for your organization so that your people feel the care and feeding that they need to truly thrive and help the organization as a whole make a bigger impact. I look forward to hearing what you think about this episode. Make sure you stay connected, download this podcast to take it everywhere you go, no matter where that high impact journey takes you. Bye-bye for now.